Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we're taking a look back at Vegas because we're coming out of Las Vegas, unlike most people, on a daily basis with some money in our pockets. Yeah, we're going to take a look back and see where we went right last week and talk about any thoughts we had about the race. And then we'll get into the Phoenix conversation. There's a lot to discuss this week, and it's going to change kind of the vibe and the structure of the episode just a bit. So we'll talk about the the main topic there with the rules package and everything about Phoenix itself with the track stats and how we're going to look into trying to cap this race this weekend. To help us, though, at the second part of the podcast, we've got a guest First one since Daytona, and it's Ryan Stevens from WinTheRace.info. He is going to help us as I'm going to throw some different drivers his way to kind of guide us on which drivers to look into further as the week unfolds and which drivers we might want to avoid in certain instances. So really happy to have Ryan on. you got to stay tuned for that, and you can also find that conversation on YouTube as well the Full Tank with Phil YouTube channel. So let's take a look back at Vegas because it was another huge week for the podcast, actually. So as we're going to talk about in this episode, we learned a lot from practice and qualifying. So when I take uh, a victory lap here about Byron, it's not because I called him out on the podcast last week. I, I took three guys last week that all pretty much performed pretty well with the exception of Logano. Uh, he really he performed well early in the weekend, and then when the race started, uh, did not do well. But the, the other guys we called out were factors in the race, without a doubt. But after seeing Byron in practice, threw him on to the, the list there and added that on Instagram. So if you're ever kind of wondering where I'm standing, I try to put those picks out there on Instagram along with any random parlays I might put together. It's another favorite thing to do of mine on the weekend. But Byron was added at 10 to 1 and along with Larson had both of them. So no matter what happened at the end, I was feeling pretty comfortable, uh, even though we had the caution of Almirola. Um, so Byron, 10 to 1 is your winner. And we did cash a good little ticket there on him after reading the results and trying to react to that. Um, so it was a good pickup and hit there. Then we talked about on the podcast last week, some top tens that are definitely favorable to the gambler. Talked about Bubba Wallace and how you could get him in a number of different places. And the, the most we saw was plus 260 on FanDuel, like all the way through Thursday. He was sitting there for a while. Uh, so that was a good hit. Bubba performed really well as we projected, and it was nice to see that. Um, I also used Bubba in our toolhangers.com one and done pool with some of the other guys in the uh, NASCAR gambling world. And uh, Ryan Stevens, actually, one of them, we'll talk about how he's doing later on in that pool. But Bubba was my guy last week, and he came through for me. A, a top five finish there for Bubba. So he worked out for a top 10 ticket and worked out for the one-and-done pool as well. Sucks that we can't use them for the rest of the year until the playoffs come around. But, uh, hey, we'll take advantage of it 
and cash that in. Then Daniel Suarez with a top 10. That worked out pretty well. Uh, he performed pretty good as well. Not really blowing the doors off of anyone, like coming for the top five or top three or anything like that, but just a really solid race everywhere from like 7 to 13, but mostly in the top 10 uh, during that race. So good race for Trackhouse overall. Not a good finish for Ross Chastain, uh, but Chastain was up there in the top five, right around like five to seven through most of that race as well. So Trackhouse continuing to do well on the mile and a half. So we cashed a, a plus 115 ticket there for Suarez. Then on the head-to-head matchups that we called out, kind of an interesting conversation there. We went two and one on the head-to-heads that we talked about on the podcast. The one that we missed, man, that was an interesting one. We called out Ricky Stenhouse Jr. plus 100 over Eric Amarola. And this is what was, you know, I I took that early in the week. I took that the day I recorded the podcast. All right. And then we saw practice and qualifying. And in practice, Amarola looked pretty good in practice. So immediately I was kind of like, all right, chalking that one up as a a no-go. But then in the weekend after qualifying, that head-to-head matchup updated and uh, Stenhouse was a monster favorite. So I don't know. If that was a reflection of the book seeing something they really liked in Stenhouse or didn't like in Amarola, or if it was just a complete mistake. Uh, I'm talking about Caesars here. That was the one that had the matchup. And in which case, so I didn't call anything out because I was thinking to myself, oh, wow, okay, I must be in good shape here as I got Stenhouse plus 100. Now he's going off at minus 135. Uh, I'm in good shape. But Stenhouse was really not a threat whatsoever, and Amarola was running pretty well. He was like top 12. He was the one who ended up causing that huge caution at the end that changed the outcome of the race because Larson was running away with it, but uh, still finished on the lead lap, I think, like 16th. So uh, Amarola with a, a decent race there. But another one we added was Harvick over Brad Keselowski. Um little shout out to, to Derek and Highline Betting. Uh, those guys had a great pre-race conversation on the NASCAR Betting Preview Show podcast that Derek puts out throughout the weekend. And that just put me over the edge. I, I had Harvick kind of written down but didn't have the guts to play until I heard that. So went in on Harvick over Brad, thanks to those guys riffing on that. And that cashed a, a good ticket there. Then Hit some good parlays this weekend. I mean, it was a fun weekend of racing. Uh, Did a a parlay across all three series that had to do with uh, some head-to-heads and some top tens throughout the Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. Uh, The Corey LaJoy head-to-head matchup in the Cup Series over Ty Dillon was the last thing I needed, and my God, was that like printing money, that matchup. He was minus 170. Uh, I believe maybe it got up to minus 190, but it doesn't matter. I mean, that matchup was blasphemous. We talked about it just a tad, and then we really talked about it on the Wednesday night Twitter show, and it came through for me as that was the last leg I needed in a parlay there. Put that one out there on Instagram. Then something else to think about for the year, F1's back. And, you know, it's kind of a predictable race. Max Verstappen, he's my my brother-in-law's favorite guy over there. And a max victory was like minus 225. You throw that in with anything, really, on the NASCAR side. Did that with Bubba Wallace, a top 10. That hit. And then I had Max parlayed with Ryan Blaney for a top 10. And that was hitting. 
very easily until the final caution ruined it. Uh, so that was really the only thing that hurt me on the final caution was the fact that Blaney did not get the top 10 finishes that he deserved there, and that ruined that max parlay. But uh, in any case, just something to consider, you know, as your race weekends unfold throughout the year, if F1's going off that same day, it might be a little worth something. If Max qualified on the pole, he practiced well, that's probably a no-brainer. He's going to win the race. So throw that in to make some of the heavy favorites on the NASCAR side just a little bit more favorable for you because it worked out this weekend, at least, for me. A couple people that I was impressed with. Didn't really show up on the stat sheet very much, but Tyler Reddick. uh, They did not get a chance to practice. They did not get a chance to qualify. I was happy that I was fading him and, and had Bowman in a matchup over him, but, man, Reddick looked good. During that race, like he showed some speed and then whether it was him or somebody else just getting in his way at one point, he got, you know, himself boxed into his pit a little bit, but then, you know, couldn't get out. Uh, Then another time he just had a great run and somebody kind of moved him up the racetrack into the wall. Like, however many times it seemed like he was going to come alive and really start to dominate something got in his way or caused him to get out of uh, line there. And we really didn't get to see what that car had because of how many interruptions it had. But I was impressed with Reddick after kind of ripping on him for the last couple weeks. That was uh, somebody to keep your eye on. Then uh, also impressed with Blaney. I mean, the Penske guys qualified well. At least Logano got off to a good start qualifying. And then he, he was just, you know, sunk like a stone. Uh, and Blaney did as well. But Blaney was able, between the two of them, he was able to actually fight back and really pulled himself up. And then that third stage, he was a, a top 10 force. So he overcame some more adversity there. And uh, we'll be touching on Blaney in just a little bit. Then some shout outs. You got to give. Justin Haley a shout out top 10 finish for that team that's huge AJ Allmendinger and Eric Amarola a couple guys that you know really struggled in the first few weeks they ran decent enough both though they were the caution boys towards the end of the race Uh, despite the fact they ran pretty well they did end up causing a caution in stage three but still ended up with decent enough finishes top 20s for both of them after really struggling the first few weeks so uh, Hendrick I mean, what more can you say? They have the mile and a halfs figured out. The other manufacturers and the other teams uh, really need to worry because they're going to be playing catch up for most of the year. It's it's Chevy and Hendrick, and then it's everybody else. Right now, when we go back to these mile and a halfs, can't forget about this. We can't let whatever happens between now and then uh, skew us. We got to remember this feeling that they are just dominant, and those mile and a half packages, you know. When others make strides, Hendrick is still improving. So uh, you got to remember that as we go through it. So that's really the takeaway for Vegas. Did pretty well. Hit the bunch of head-to-head matchups throughout the whole weekend. Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. I'm pretty, don't have it written down in front of me, but I think I was like 9 for 11 uh, in the head-to-head matchups, which was really good for me and uh, really happy to come out. It seems like the head-to-head matchups are more doable right now uh, than anything else. So got to take advantage of it while the iron is hot. So speaking of hot, we're going to go to another desert. It's going to be Phoenix, a little bit south. You know, we got some drivers staying out there, 
which is pretty funny because you could say, oh, you know, they'll be well rusted. They don't have to take the, the flights home and deal with all that. But at the other side of it, you know, I know some drivers are kind of staying in and around each other, sharing a house or neighbors. And I don't know, maybe they're going to be getting into some stuff where maybe they're not as well rested as you would think. But huge news, not news, I guess, breaking news, but a huge cloud, I guess I'll call it, over the race weekend and leading up to it as far as gambling is concerned. It's because we've got a new rules package coming out and Phoenix is the guinea pig. It's the first time we're going to see this new package and that's creating a little bit of a hesitant gamblers, I'd say. I'm one of them. You know, we're going to talk about my thought about this in just a second, but the package itself was tested in January and the goal here is Basically, with the end result, rather, maybe not the goal, but the, the goal is to create better racing on the short tracks. I mean, you, you think about some of the races we had last year at Richmond, just complete garbage. So NASCAR clearly was well aware. They definitely seeing what was said on Twitter and elsewhere. So they're acting on it. And you got to give them a little bit of credit for that. They have reduced the downforce. They're calling it 30%. So what that means in layman's terms is going to be more difficult for the drivers to handle the car. Um, they're reducing the spoilers by half. So I think they're four inches now. They're replacing it with two inch spoilers. And the other thing that is interesting here is they're not making the teams spend money for this package. This is the cheap version of the rules package. They're taking things away from the car instead of trying to make things, you know, added to it and, and causing the teams to go out and purchase different parts and pieces and, you know, add to the car. No, they're they're trying to save the team some money. So I'd have to imagine that this is a win-win across the board if the racing ends up being a lot better. Now, just a couple other points to make on this. The test that they did run in January, they tested a bunch of different rules packages and the drivers that I could find that were there were Joey Logano and Christopher Bell. There could have been more. I didn't see anybody else listed, but I'm sure if there were, that is something that you could find. But they ran a few different packages, and Christopher Bell was quoted as saying, I didn't feel a single change in the first two or three, however many there were. And then the last one that they ran, he said he felt a big difference, and he really enjoyed it. So something to maybe think about there. Um, this is, to me, if you're doing a little bit of math, you know maybe this is going to benefit people like Christopher Bell who are used to racing dirt tracks and you know they're used to trying to tame a little bit more looser car and cars getting squirrely on them Logano called this racy uh so you know clearly he likes it you'd think from those comments there so they're saying that this is the least amount of downforce on the car since the mid 90s so I'm not the expert on mid 90s NASCAR but you know, I guess we'll have to get some people to weigh in on that if they are to see how it compares and we'll have to find out what it means. Now, what this means to us as the gambler and for this episode of the podcast is that it gives you a little bit of pause, right? Because I'm fully ready. If we talk about this in general, right, I'm fully ready to go all in on Phoenix, just like I usually do, and talk about the different data but you can't just go off of that at least in theory right if you're taking this seriously if you're taking the fact that maybe this is a a new package that's going to change the game wholeheartedly 
then you're not going to dive in and, and maybe put bets in before practice. Practice this weekend becomes absolute appointment television. You have to mark your calendars because practice is going to tell you whether this is going to change the game. And we are going to see some new drivers up front and, you know, drivers who have sucked last year or, you know, part of this year, they're up there leading. That's going to make you really pay attention to that. Or you're going to do your research based on what you would have done always and see that those guys that you kind of had picked out are the ones that are performing well. So it just, to me, makes it so that I'm not really throwing in bets willy-nilly throughout the week like I might normally do, trying to get ahead of things. I'm going to relax a little bit. I did throw a couple bets down that we're going to talk about already, but you know, in theory, we're going to want to see how this plays out and find out how big of a deal it really is because it seems like there's mixed there's a mixed bag of people with opinions on that that are from the industry from actually you know in the, the NASCAR industry some say it's going to change a lot some say it's going to change nothing so that tells me as a gambler I'm going to pause a little bit but I am going to still do my research I'm still going to call things out here so um, let's take a look at the track stats, just like we normally do. So the track stats for Phoenix, there's been 53 races all time, three championship races, by the way. And the winner has started on the pole eight times. Now, the funny thing is, in all three championship races at Phoenix, the winner has started from the pole. So last time it happened was Joey Logano in the fall of 2022. And before that, it was Larson. And before that, it was Elliott. So that's kind of interesting. Maybe put a pin in that until we get here later in November. The winner has started in the top five 40% of the time and the top 10 60, just about 60, 59% of the time. Only started outside of the top 20 four times in 53 races. The last time it happened was Ryan Newman in 2017. So seems like it's pretty difficult to do, but... You know, maybe this next-gen car will change that trend a little bit and add a, a tally mark into that row. Now, manufacturer trends, Ford has won four of the last 10 races at Phoenix. And if we're looking at the spring race, I, you know I like patterns. The spring race has been one it has been Ford. If you're going backwards chronologically, Ford and Toyota, Ford and Toyota, Ford, and then finally a Chevy pops in, and it was that Ryan Newman victory in 2017. So it's been a while since a Chevy has won a spring race here at Phoenix, which is interesting because Chevy's dominating right now on the circuit. Now, it's a different style track, different packages, you know, different situations and setups for these teams, but it's just kind of interesting to know that Ford has been historically better at Phoenix, and they are the manufacturer as a whole that is really struggling right now. So will this be what the doctor ordered for that manufacturer, and will we see what we've always seen in the past few years or so? Or will this new rules package and just this new year bring change to Phoenix? That's why this race is just super interesting to follow along with and to follow along a lot of different storylines that we have going on. So the way I'm approaching this week, uh, as I said, you know, less bets early in the week. Got to watch practice and qualifying. But some of the data points that I'm looking at to try to land on guys that I'm following into practice and throughout the weekend, 
Got the last 10 races at Phoenix. Looking at the average finish. Looking at the driver rating. Going back 10 races there is fine with me because they do come here twice a year. So five years back isn't as crazy as if they came here one time. So you're still going to get a, a decent sample size of most drivers in this field going back 10 races. So the more, the better. Then really focusing on 2022. This is a short, flat track. It you know falls into that category. There are a few other tracks that hit that. You would say that Richmond is a direct comp. You would say that Gateway is now a direct comp. And New Hampshire is also a direct comp as well when you're trying to find you know who was good last year. So the short, flat speed rankings from last year is going to be important. Where they finished, you know, average finish and, and driver rating within those tracks in 2022 as well because those were the opportunities to see the next-gen car on these tracks. Now, they did make the rules package change because the racing wasn't that good on – you know, some specific tracks there. Uh, but for the record, I didn't mention this, but this package is also going to be for road courses as well. So it's the same package uh, across the board uh, for those different tracks. Now, I'm going to start talking about three guys here that I like to win the race, one of which I already put a bet down in on. The other guys I'm going to call out as the three guys because I, I couldn't do an episode without calling out some picks. And then... I'm not going to go through any top 10s or head-to-heads. I'm going to go into my conversation with Ryan with some drivers in mind and bring them up to him to see kind of where we land and where things stack in with his rankings that he uses on his website. And that will help us identify some drivers to kind of follow along with different plays, different bets. I'm going to throw some group bets his way, some top 10 conversation a little bit, and see what drivers stand out to him with his rankings there. So I want to start, when we're talking about picks to win the race, with someone who has already driven in this package, and it's Christopher Bell. Now, little bit of a heads up here. Had Bell written down as a name when I was doing the you know, research into what went on with this rules package stuff, I'm thinking to myself, man, this all sounds like it will be right up Christopher Bell's alley. Plus the fact that he's actually tested this before. Uh, And when we say the word short, flat track, I mean, if you're a NASCAR fan or NASCAR gambler, like Christopher Bell kind of comes to mind. But I got to give a shout out to our guy SC out there. Go fast, Troy, on Twitter and our, our group chat there. SC... Earlier in the day, he said, hey, you know, lines dropped. I'm, I'm digging this line on Bell. It was 14 to 1. And I saw that knowing what I had already kind of had in mind, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, when he said that, I was thinking to myself, there's no way that's still there. Uh, but it was on Barstool, 14 to 1, snagged it, just kind of without even thinking, um, and was happy that I did because – you know, now it's down to 10 to 1 on that same site. So huge. Uh, if it does end up staying below 14, that's a, a good snag there. So definitely got to call out SC for identifying that, calling that out. What a guy. And hopefully we're, uh, we're happy about it come Sunday afternoon. But digging into Christopher Bell, I mean, there's a reason why he has moved from 14 to 10 on most sites. And it's because, you know, 
he is someone who is good at this style of racetrack. Now, Phoenix, you could probably argue Phoenix is kind of the one he struggles the most with out of all of them. But in the last 10 race data set, he's only been here six times and he's got three top tens. His average finish is 15.8. So he's better elsewhere, you know, talking Richmond, talking New Hampshire, but got high hopes here for Christopher Bell in this 20 car as he's learning, you know, continuously learning here. His last four races, he's got two ninth place finishes and a 10th place finish. So, you know, definitely running more in the top 10 as of late. And then if you're looking at the 2022 comp tracks, those six races, he has one win, two top fives and five top 10s out of those six races. He's fourth in average finish in that time span, fifth in driver rating. He was eighth in the speed rankings last year in 2022 on this style track. So to me, you know, Christopher Belt 14 to one was definitely worth playing. I would say at this point, you know, when I'm recording this, just keep your eye on him. You know, if you like him at 10 to one, great. Um, I, I think he typically qualifies pretty well at Phoenix, typically in the top 10. I think his average starting position was like nine point something. If I remember, I don't have that note written down. Just going off of memory there. But so 10 to one might be where he stays. But without a doubt, somebody to keep your eye on the, the true performance rankings that we talk about with Ryan from his site, WinTheRace.info, 2022, he was the highest ranked Toyota driver. So really good stuff here for Chris Rebell. There's a reason to keep your eye on him. And there's a reason why I already played that at 14 to one. So happy about that. Appreciate again, SC for the notification there, the odds dropped and he was at a great number and we'll cross our fingers. So he's our Toyota guy this week. Cause you really don't really know which manufacturer is going to show up. It's, it's kind of a mystery here. So I'm going to take one of each again. And the next guy I'm going to go to is Ryan Blaney plus 800. He's still on that winless streak, but Ford has been so good at Phoenix, and you kind of have to take somebody in the Ford camp. Um, so last season, Ryan Blaney was very good on this style of racetrack. The six comp tracks, he was first in average finish, 5.0. No wins, three top fives, five top tens. He was second and fourth at Phoenix. Like, isn't that crazy to think about all these different tracks, or, or all these comp tracks, rather, you know, six of them is what we're calling out here. He was first an average finish on these types of tracks, and he didn't have a win last year. Then you talk about, like, super speedways. He's great on super speedways. It's just crazy how this winless streak has kind of unfolded for Blaney because he's been good along the way. Now, he was third in overall speed ranking in the 2022 season on these comp tracks. He's short flats. So there's another one. Now you say to yourself, well, how was he at Phoenix? How is he historically at Phoenix in the last 10 races? He's seventh in average finish, but he's clear, clearly been improving recently at Phoenix. If he finished fourth and second last year, like goodness gracious, he's getting better as he goes on this racetrack. Fifth overall in driver rating, 103.9. I mean, he's fought so hard the last couple weeks to get his car back after some adversity. So I really take that into consideration when I see that in a driver. Like, they could have just mailed it in. Logano, their team, you know, really struggled and obviously ended up getting a DNF. Blaney's team dropped back, worked hard, and figured their way through. They didn't get that top 10, obviously, like we talked about, but still uh, deserved a better finish, better finish there for what they got because of what they put in. So 
Uh, I really like Ryan Blaney here. He's going off at eight to one right now. I am not trying to predict how these odds are going to be shaping up as race day is coming into play because practice is going to play such a factor. It's an extended practice. I don't think I mentioned that earlier. So they get extra practice because of this. So there's going to be so much data to pull from, and the books are going to be looking at those as well. you got to figure. So I'm not going to try to pretend I know where Blaney is going to be going off on race day, but 8-1 to is what he is right now, and I am definitely keeping my eye on him. Now, the last guy that I'll call out as a potential race winner here, he's another favorite. Eight to one is the top number here as the favorite, and it's Kyle Busch, uh, another co-favorite. Needed to call out a Chevy, and how about like one of the best Chevys in the field so far this season? If you go all the way back to the Clash, he was great. Then Daytona, he was great. Like all different. Doesn't matter what kind of track we've thrown at Kyle Busch and this eight team so far this season. They have stepped up to the plate. And it's been just every week, you know, and it tells you how good Kyle really is. Because if you look at a week, I didn't talk about him earlier when I was saying things to take away from Vegas, but they were dog shit in qualifying, excuse me, in uh, practice. And then they come back and they qualify fifth. Like it, they were completely out to lunch. They were overmatched in practice. It looked like, okay, you know, they, they here's, here's RCR, they're done. And then boom, comes back and he qualifies fifth. Then in the race, you know, you look at his teammate, Austin Dillon. He struggled. Meanwhile, Kyle Busch, he's up there. He's fighting for it. So he's definitely one of the top Chevy drivers this season, if not the top, especially if you go all the way back to the clash. So, you know, he's really solid here at Phoenix. You take all that right now, right, this current momentum, this current season, and you say, all right, well, how's that apply to this track? He's one of the best, if not the best. In the last 10 races, he's got two wins, five top fives, eight top tens, which is just really good, except for one other guy in the field that has a little bit more top tens. But he's 6.6 in average finish. That's second. He's got the first best driver rating in the game in the last 10 races here, 110.7. My goodness. His 2022 speed rankings on this flat track surface was sixth. But if you're looking at the comp tracks, he had one win and five top fives, second and average finish on those comp tracks. So just I'm, I'm spitting out numbers that you're probably not shocked by. This is Kyle Busch, you know, and the, the funny thing is now he did all that in a Toyota last year. Now we're saying, OK, do it in a Chevy. He's performing well so far, as we pointed out. I don't think there's any reason to believe that he's going to fall off because they are clearly performing at a high, high level. The reason they brought him there was to do this. So now he's going to a track where he's got a lot of stats in his favor. I think Kyle could snag another win. Got to pay attention to practice. I have not thrown a number in or a bet on him at this number at 8-1, to one, but I am going to be watching the board, and he is someone that I am absolutely targeting. So here we go. To recap the picks here to win the race, Christopher Bell, 14-1 is what I got him at. He's less than that now, but I still think he's worth your time to look at him. Ryan Blaney, he's at 8-1 to one right now. Love him this weekend. And Kyle Busch, he's another one. Now, if you don't like Kyle to win the race, I'll, I'll throw in a quick top 10. He's minus 150 top 10. That's just a really good number. It's on Barstool right now because you consider he's 8 for his last 10, 80% of the time hit rate. Um 
good number there at minus 150. I'm starting to allow myself to bet some of these numbers up to about 150, minus 150 rather, where in the past I've kind of avoided that. But this season I'm starting to expand a little bit into that little swamp, and it has worked out for the most part. So maybe you take that and you parlay that with something else, and we see what comes out the other end. But, um, yeah, that is the looks at the drivers to win the race this weekend. Firm but with little give. Yep, these are medium rare. What if somebody wants theirs well done? We ask them politely yet firmly to leave. So now we're going to be bringing in Ryan Stevens in just a second. And with Ryan, the game plan here, with everything that we've got going on this weekend at Phoenix was less about kind of making picks. You know, we didn't make a parlay or anything like that because of the fact that it is a little bit more difficult this week. We need to wait and see. But that doesn't mean we're not talking drivers. So we'll throw different names out there to him and see how he's putting them through his model and what comes out the other side. Names like Kevin Harvick. Can he do it? Another top 10 at Phoenix, you know, and some of his teammates. What are we thinking from a a group that hasn't really performed that well? We'll see what Ryan has to say about them and more. So if you want, you can give this a look, this conversation I have with Ryan on YouTube. If that's kind of your deal, you like to absorb content over there, give us a look at the Full Tank with Phil YouTube channel. You can find this whole conversation there with the visual element. But without further ado, let's bring on Ryan. All right, so now we are thrilled to welcome back onto the podcast recurring guest from last season, Ryan Stevens from WinTheRace.info. Ryan, you've been making the rounds. Saw you on the NASCAR betting preview show. On with Lane Coin boys. I appreciate you making the time with me tonight, man. It uh, should be a good one tonight. No, thanks, man, for having me. I really appreciate it. You're obviously one of my first ones I reached out to saying, hey, you know, if you're if you're having guests on this year, love to come back. So thank you for having me on here. Oh, 100 percent. And you have been busy. I always like talking to people about what they have been up to in the off season. I know we're getting a little further into the season now to to continue to talk about the off season, But you were busy and you had mentioned it last year when you were on and we talked uh, but you've got a, a new site out there and win the race.info it's taken off. Uh, I've heard you kind of give the spiel a, a couple times, but if you wouldn't mind, you know, talk to me about the, the process of, of wanting to do this and how you got it going and how it's been going so far. Yeah, man. Um, it's, it's been fun. It's something that I've wanted to do for a few years and it really just started back when I first started playing NASCAR DFS um and just kind of geeking out on the stats you know i just wanted like a one-stop shop i could just log in and everything that you could possibly imagine would be there so you know i bounce around a couple sites over the last few years and then it's just like you know what i'm just gonna build one the way that i know i would want to see it and i think people will gravitate towards that and it's just the ease of it the convenience is the big thing so you can log in all of the loop data from all three series, Cup, Xfinity, and Truck, uh, is in there from the last race, which includes everything you could imagine. Closers, you know, fast, late in a run, early in a run, average, uh, you know, green flag speed, average running position, everything you could imagine. Quality passes, all that. So that's all in there. That's all free. What I do is my true performance ranks, and that's kind of like the big, the big part of the site, that and my projections uh, for DraftKings. 
Um, true performance ranks takes what I think is the most important things that a race will spit out um, and then kind of weighs it out and gives it a rank for each driver. So um, like if someone wrecks out early or late or things like that, it's like kind of uh, taking incidents out of it um, and just giving the race more context, if that makes sense. So, uh, you know, you kind of have a true value of where these drivers would have been running had everything been clean. Um, and I think that's very important. And as the season goes on and we have more races in there, it'll become more distinct. What I did was load 2022 in there as well and broke it apart between intermediate, short tracks, super speedways, road courses. Uh, so you can see how these cars ran last year too. And what's very important, and I did this for Xfinity and truck, is I broke it out by car as well or by truck as well because see some of these guys bounce around quite a bit. Um, and so it's it's been very successful so far this year. And the good news is we've been this successful already and it only gets sharper as more data goes in there. So it should be should be great. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. I mean, it, it's only going to grow and get stronger. Um, and, and I signed up this week because I, I wanted to, I've been meaning to do that since you were coming on. It was a good reminder for me. And the true performance rankings are, like phenomenal to look at. It's a, it's a beautiful spreadsheet of information. One thing you mentioned how you broke it up into the different um, track types, which is so useful for people, like saves so much time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also like how you have your true performance rank and then like their actual number as well. Like that's uh, a cool thing to be able to see. Like this is how they actually finish top three, top five, top 10, exactly you know, compared like in the same line, same row as your true performance rank. Like, I think that's pretty cool because you're able to that see. That was me yeah, actually listening to Twitter last year. And a lot of people were asking like, you know, where have these people actually finished? Because an average finish can be dra like dragged down. You would kind of want to see their ceiling, um, especially I did that for betters, really. So like a guy who comes to mind, like an intermediates, I guess, last year would be like a Ricky Stenhouse um, where – he does have a ceiling for a top 10. So if you get a great number on it, maybe you take a swing at that on a track, you know, you think he can do it. Um, but his average finish, I mean, in other races, he either wrecks out or, you know, it's just like a total tank fest. So if you just look at his average finish, it's not going to look that good. But if you start looking at that, where he, he did finish in the top 10 um, or even top 20s, you know, when we're playing DFS, a lot of these guys that are in like the five to $6,000 range, you're just going to punt down there. You want the guys who can survive and finish in the top 20, then you know they're, you know, they qualify poorly, you know they're going to get that good place differential for you. So um, even though their true performance might not be the top 20, you can see who's like riding around, surviving the attrition and can finish top 20 every now and then and get you that upside you're looking for. So did it for betting and for DFS. And you kind of started, if I remember from our conversation last time you were on, like DFS is your bread and butter, right? Like that's what you originally kind of started, like, falling yeah, in love with kind of deal yeah dfs has been legal here for much longer so i've been able to play that and kind of hone in on that betting i've only been doing for you know like last year really was my first full betting year that was the year you know and we had quite a few books and but the main thing is there were more offerings last year which did make it a little easier as well odds came out sooner they were there were more of them they were a little better you know as far as value wise um this year's been a little tougher, but I'm, I'm working on it. You know, one thing that I'm realizing this year, my second year doing it, Cup, I have a really good grasp on. Um, like, all my bets this year have either won or come in second uh, for outrights. And then, but for Xfinity and trucks, you know, it's a little more volatile, I'd say. Like, 
you know, when Kyle Bush comes back to trucks, but um, typically, you know, some other shit can go down, but I like props more. I got to start betting more props for Xfinity and trucks and, and we can, you know, we'll talk about that. I'm sure at some point tonight, if we're going to talk the Xfinity race, but um, I don't know, like the outright numbers are a little more slim there uh, too. So it's harder to make more money doing it where like as cup, you can get a lot of 12 to one winners, things like that, or, or more. There, it's always like, you know, someone's winning or like six or seven to one most of the time. Um, but if you take advantage of the head to heads and stuff like that, I think it's a good, can be a good moneymaker. You're preaching to the choir. I mean, I, that's really how I've had a lot of success. I'm coming off a really good head to head weekend from all three yeah. series. I, I don't know the math, but it was like definitely the, the highest, I think one of the highest head to head win percentages I've had in a long time. And nice. I think you're you're dead on. Like it's it's right now this part of the season. It's definitely much easier to to just kind of focus in on these head to heads as opposed to trying to you know hit these um, winners for whatever value those lower series. Like you said, they're they're smaller numbers. So yeah, it would behoove you to really just kind of focus on some of these props and and go more all in. Mm. Um, one of the things that i'm excited for is your you had mentioned your your DraftKings um projections and your DraftKings your dfs section here of the website because i am not a good dfs player and so if you can turn me into a, a guy who's been uh, who can win some money on dfs and you could do it for anyone so i'm i'm really looking forward to that part of your website and uh, yeah the way the way that i want to write i read an article called racing awareness and i do it uh, every Saturday, you know, after practice and qualifying, and then typically like, you know, when the wife and kids go to bed, so they, they come out, them and the DraftKings projections come out real late Saturday night. Um, but what I try to do, like always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, if my dad who knows nothing about this were to log in, like, would he be able to read my article and create a successful lineup or something that had, you know, potential to do well for him? I, and I think I, I think I am doing that. So that's where, I still ask for feedback and discord and things like that and ask people, you know, how could we make this better, easier to understand anything like that? I'm always willing to do whatever I can. Cause I want the average person who's busy with a job and a family and, and obligations and taking the kids to soccer and whatever else is going on. I want you to be able to, if you couldn't look at anything all week, I want you to be able to have your lineups reserved early in the week and you can log in Sunday at two o'clock an hour before the race and have everything you need to just be able to create and go and trust that the the work has been put in. It's not just some, you know, bullshit. It's, and I think when they read it, they know, but everything's done for you. Hopefully, you know, you kind of know how you want to create your lineup and then drivers that, that have a better shot to succeed for you. That's a, a perfect mentality to have. Um, honestly, like I, I'm definitely going to benefit from that, from the DFS angle and, you know, you're only going to grow. So, um, Really happy to see you off to a good start with win the race, uh, and, and really hoping to see it grow exponentially this season. Now, you also had a different endeavor. You've got another podcast uh, out there, or you've got a podcast, uh, the Big Guys Pod, right? Yeah, Big Guys Buddy. Pod with Big Tone. Um, big Tone. So, how's that going? You guys, it's going uh, good. Been Everyone knows him as Big Tone here because that's how he announces himself every single time, every tweet, anything, anytime he's talking. Um, it's going good. Tone went like a little semi-viral, I guess, you know, a couple months ago or whatever. Um, 
yeah, he's trying to get hired by Barstool. It's just what he, what he, it was his dream. Um, it probably isn't going to happen, but we started this podcast because we think we have one. I think we're pretty successful betters. I know I've known him for a long time, and he, I know he, he sends me some things, and you know, I know he's doing well, and I post mine pretty publicly, so a lot of people know that I'm doing okay with what I'm doing. So we just decided to team up. We have a lot of, we hit it off really well as friends back in the day. So we kind of have a good rapport, some fun stories to tell. Um, you know, we talk about what's going on in the world. So I love that too. I just think it's a fun podcast for everybody. I didn't want it to just be like one specific thing. Neither did he, you know, something that everyone can tune into, have fun. His mom listens to it. She'll like text <laughs> us and say, like, Hey guys, great show. You know, it's, it's just fun for everybody, and that was the goal. So if anyone hasn't listened, it's called The Big Guys Podcast. It's on Spotify, iTunes, everything, but check it out. It's it's a fun listen. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool to see, like, you know, you guys using that as a – I mean, A, a creative outlet, and B, uh, a way to interact with people too. So that's awesome. Yeah, we do. Um, we do the fattest thing we've done this week, and we're starting to get yeah. like people. People will randomly submit what they've done. Like we got people spilling, you know, chicken nugget sauce all over their pants, and we got like all these pictures and stories coming in. So it's been it's been a lot of fun, and the fact that it's interactive makes it even more fun. Yeah, that is definitely uh, that that has potential by itself to be a viral segment. You know, as you progress. Uh, yeah, it's good. We're trying to get here. better too. We're gonna try to introduce like the skinniest thing we've done this week, just so we're not, you know, totally <laughs> fat. But we'll see yeah. what happens. So, 2023 so far, the racing's been pretty good, uh, in my opinion. How are you doing as far as like DFS results and betting results? You know, you kind of touched on that a second ago, but how's it going for you so far? Uh, 2023 is going well. I um, DFS wise, especially, I had one huge night uh, for Auto Club. Um, or I'm sorry, yeah, it was Auto Club last Sunday, two Sundays ago, uh, when it was rained out and they raced on Sunday night. I had a big Xfinity night. I had a JHN lineup in DraftKings that came in second in the big contest, so that was a good five figure win. Um, and then for betting, we're up pretty good at, in Cup almost 10 units and that includes two, you know, second place Logano at Daytona, which sucked. And then obviously Larson last week, which was a brutal death with five laps to go. Um, I'm still, I'm still angry about that one. El Moral is, we'll get to him later, but uh, <laughs> I thought, I thought he was dead to me until, until, until the stats this week, because yeah. he's somebody that I have written down to talk to you about, but yeah, yeah I mean, so, that, that caution, that was brutal. And then, to see him like basically he was fine and and went out and finished the race i think on the lead lap like how the hell does that happen you like basically flipped yeah. the whole race on its head and then yeah. he's just cruising along it was very uh I, I was not impacted as bad as that um with the result there but um yeah that's that's quite brutal yeah it was fine and xfinity to, i'm down i'm down probably 10 units in xfinity i can't can't get a winner there either. It's just second place is not like had all that one stung. Um, and, but that's where I'm getting at. Like, I think, so what I do with cup, which kind of saves me for when I do get those second places is I do the props. Haven't done that for Xfinity. I got to get, I got to get on the prop game. So that's what I'll be doing there. Trying to focus on that and trucks. I haven't really bet this year. I think I put half a unit on Hosovar, uh, which was incredibly close to, uh, to win a group on Caesars for plus four twenty. And he finished just behind Creed, 
Um, so he lost lost that one. But that was only in for half a unit. It was plus 420. Uh, so nothing too bad there. But overall, great. You know, I, I, what I love most is getting these messages in Discord. Like I was saying, there's I got a, quite a few. Um, like, look at this ROI. You know, they're putting it in Picket and they're putting it in Roto Tracker and things like that. And everyone's ROI is up. Uh, and that's what I like to see. So if we just stick to the process, we'll be we'll be good. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, and you mentioned trucks and, and Xfinity. Like, I'm excited because, you know, more and more people, you, you called them on, on another show we were on, you called, like, people competitors, the other sites that are out there. But I, I actually think that your win the race site integrates really well with some of these other, you know, iFantasy Racing and – fantasy racing cheat sheet like it, it really gels with them um yeah. very well because you're not really stepping on each other's toes much at all with the information that you bring to the table and i'm i'm pumped that you are offering like a trucks i'm huge on trucks i love watching the trucks so the yeah. fact you've got a whole truck section i'm excited to see that grow this year and, and the next race is atlanta and then i think we got a, a road course but once we get into more like the the nitty-gritty with the trucks uh schedule i'm excited to see that stuff grow because i think we will be able to really make some money on trucks mid-season and, and towards the end so oh yeah right now too if you see i have the i do a ranking system before practice and qualifying too and those to start the year because i'm using uh past year performance they've been incredibly accurate so yeah, if you're on, like, even for trucks this – or not this week, but – Atlanta. Uh, yeah, for Atlanta when you're looking. When I do my pre-practice qualifying ranks, that's – you can check out the TPR from last year, but the ranks will – it has it all baked in there. So the ranks are very important each week before practice and qualifying, especially looking for value of bets and things like that. Fantastic. I'm excited. Um, one thing we can call out – I can see if I can pull it up here. Uh, you are part of the one-and-done pool that we are – putting together with tool hangers um so let me see here if i can get it going um but the the tool hangers one and done pool how have you been doing so far with that uh anything bad or good or are you kind of just like treading water at this point or are you I'm, I'm one of the guys just kind of like uh i'm not picking my favorites to win so far uh like i picked the joy at daytona you know trying to burn that pick um, I picked Bowman, uh, who got me, you know, 39 at Auto Club, which was nice. I guess I did think he could win there, but he's not like I wouldn't call him like one of the main favorites I wanted to save till the end. Uh, and then I picked Daniel Suarez this last week again, just because he's not really anyone I'm dying to pick anywhere else. Uh, and thought he could, you know, flirt with the top 10. So, um, I haven't picked like, you know, Larson's and things like that. Like I know some people have picked Kyle Bush at Auto Club. That's a great pick, but and maybe I shouldn't have saved him. That's what's fun about this is you don't know what the right strategy is. So I love seeing I everyone differ with what they're doing. It is going to be fun to watch. I mean, three races in, only one person has selected the winner, um, mm -hmm. and it's Ian from the Flag Hunting Pod. This is the, the season standings thus far. Um, I am in the almost the basement here uh, along with one of the guys from Speedway, Steve. And uh, Amarola, you know, if we want to keep uh, hammering on him, he screwed me at Auto Club because he got caught in that accordion wreck. Um, yeah. Got me two points on the day. So I got some recovery to do. But I like it because everyone, you know, for the most part right now, early in the season, we're all kind of like in the same boat. But you're definitely in a good spot. You're setting yourself up here um, as we, 
we get going. And I think I have a similar mindset to you, like not choosing guys yet. I want to choose some of these throwaway cats that we can, you know, get them out of the way and, and let the big dogs kind of gather data so we can really, you know, pick them at the right time. So, yeah, that's uh, what I think as we, as we get this true performance stacking up here, we'll be able to, we'll be able to make some passes on these guys. <laughs> that's right. So it looks like it's Ian and Seth from in between media and uh, Phil from speedway, Steve, they're up there in the top three of our toolhangers.com one and done pool. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how that pans out. And I appreciate you being a part of that this year. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, so big ticket conversation this week, uh, as far as Phoenix, as, as we look ahead, the rules package. All right. This is just throwing gambling Twitter for NASCAR into a tizzy. Uh, the way that I've seen people talk about it, it's like six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Uh, Denny Hamlin on his podcast. I don't know if you listened to him this past week. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't listen, but I read his quote. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because it was funny because he was like, the guys who were good last week are going to be good, you know, for the next week and we've got some catch up to do. And then they were like, wait a second, there's a new rules package. And he's like, throw everything I just said out the window. It's going to be, you know, a, a sim race and, and some teams are going to be on it and some, it's going to be a huge discrepancy yep. that I think put some fear into people's eyes. Um, and then on Twitter, we saw some of the, some random uh, people like in the industry and the, the crew side of things saying, no, like this is going to be, pretty much you know use the the information that you have at your disposal it's not gonna you're overthinking it um so i'm kind of in the middle but before i keep ranting i want to see like where do you fall like are you um i completely agree with everything you're saying yeah i I completely agree about being in the middle because we just don't know i mean it's there's a part of me that says like oh well maybe if the cars are harder to drive you know you have to have those elite the thing is, it's a mile track too, so it's not like a true short track. But you know, you might need the guys who can whip it a little bit. You know, if the car's harder to handle, um, you know, like the Kyles come to mind who can drive anything, or um, like Priest showed what he did on a short track earlier this year. But again, it's it's not necessarily like that. But what if the car's harder to drive and you're kind of, you know, not really drifting around a flat track? But I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is very different. The fact is, we don't know. So like. And I'm sure we'll get to it, but for betting, you know, I'm only interested in what I would call long shots right now, even though the books don't offer crazy long shots anymore. But whatever's the best value I could find early, it's only been a couple. Uh, and then I want to wait. We have the long practice on Friday. That's going to be awesome. Um, and one thing that I've noticed, uh, this was true at the Clash, and this was true at Vegas because it was rained out at Auto Club, but the best 10-lap average has won both races. So... Let's just see what happens at practice. I, I know one auto bet I'll have, and that's who leads in the 10-lap average. So, um, you know, we'll see if that trend continues. Uh, but it's but it's surely been true so far. So those the, Truex was a rocket at the clash, and Byron was last week. So um, that's those are my thoughts. We don't know. We don't know anything. So, first of all, love that. I'm a huge fan of trends and patterns and – auto bet as you called it that uh, i'm in i'm I'm locked in whatever comes out 
after practice. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't feel bad about it. You're betting on a, yeah. it'll be a super fast car, so you'll be like, okay, well, just do that one and don't think twice about it, and then work from work from there. So I want to just we are going to talk about like drivers and picks, kind of like putting the new rules package aside, like kind of suspending that thought process as we talk about some of the uh, drivers and the, the bets here that we could throw down or we could discuss, uh, we will do that. But I want to overreact for a second and just get your, your opinion on things because I think one could really dive deep into this. Like they're saying 30% less downforce. The car is going to be you know tougher to drive. It's going to be squirrely. Logano called it racy. Um, so my mind, if I want to overreact, could go to – the, the guys who love driving more out of control, like call them dirt track guys, whatever, the, the, the you know, Larson's, the Briscoes, the yeah. same guys we're going to be talking about at Bristol Dirt, Christopher Bell, uh, those types of guys are going to like this. Then you say to yourself, well, maybe there's an edge because the, the car will be tougher to drive, so that in turn will generate more cautions maybe. And then you're looking at, well, who's good on the short run? Um, and you know, how do we figure that out? Is that even worth like any time to try to dive into, or do you think it's just like, mm, let's, well, the let's good news about that. I mean, like the people that you're naming have already won here without this package. Larson yeah. is one here. Briscoe is one here. Like we're just naming guys who have won. So yeah, you don't need to do that. Like that's, that's the thing is like, I think it's could just be an overreaction saying like, oh, well, we're going to need these dirt guys that can whip it here uh but it's like they already do so it's like they we mm -hmm. gave larson had the fastest car here a couple of years ago just blew everyone out and won like it's just it's just what they do when they're good um i think we'll see well the other i guess i don't think this i don't know we saw a lot of tire wear here last year i would imagine if the cars are harder to handle we'd see a lot of tire wear or just yeah. you know um them losing grip so you know, I think again, when we were, if we were going to cap this in the same package that they always race in, we would be looking at guys who are good at tire wear. But that's the same as what, we're, you know, that's Harvick, Logano, it's all the guys who have been good here anyway. So it's like, I think at the end of the day, even when we break it down with this new package, we're going to end up with pretty much the same player pool. I, the fact that I threw a couple longer shots out there is that like, one, I think these guys are good here anyways. They're not necessarily winners, but what if this package is very different? Like you said, and break some carnage, then maybe they could be winners. So just, you know, minimal, not even half a unit between the two of them, but just see what happens. Yeah. I, I think one of the, the names, I mean, you know, we don't have to go all in talking about different guys just yet, but one of the names that stands out that you, that I guess we both had talked about Briscoe. All right. He's been trash this year. So yeah. the, the question that's like, you know, you could stay up at night thinking about it is will he perform good at this track anyway, because he was really good here last year in both races, or is it going to be more the same what we've seen this year? Because he's just off this year or the third option, this new package is going to mean that he's, you know, it's squirrely. He likes to drive those types of cars. So it's because of that, that he will then kind of get back into things. And it's like a little bit of um, home cooking at a track that he, he was good at last year. He's an enigma to me. Like, I don't know how to handle Briscoe, but the books have him 
higher up than they have, you know, for a guy who has completely sucked the, the books have reacted looking off of like last year's data. Um, and so that makes it to me like, shit, like I can't, I don't know if I can touch him. Like, so do you have any thoughts on Briscoe? Yeah, he's one. I like Stuart Haas this week um, only because they've, they've raced here. Like you look at a guy like Harvick, how many different packages and cars has he been through and has always been solid here as a part of Stuart Haas? Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just same thing with El Marola. El Marola has been really good here. You know, he's been with Stuart Haas for, I think, longer than people realize. Um, and I will, uh, just so we have a second, I'm sorry, I'm just pulling up on my computer as we speak, but you know, he's been the last 10 races at Phoenix. Elmerola has been there. We've seen different packages, different aero, different horsepower. Um, and he's solid, you know, every year. Uh, same can be said for, for Harvick. And then we saw it with Briscoe last year. So I don't know. And we know this is kind of Briscoe's forte. You know, if you take the true performance for the short flat tracks last year as a whole, um, I think we had seven in the sample size. And he had a true performance inside the top 10. Uh, in seven of those races. So, um, you know, that's just someone I think can, uh, or in six out of seven, sorry. Mm-hmm. But he's obviously solid. This is kind of his his jam. You know, that's, I don't really, again, like it's going back to it. You can change the package. Some people are just good on this track type, regardless of what you're setting them in. I think this is a big, even if somebody's listening to this and they don't bet Briscoe, it's still worth kind of following his day because to me this is a show me race for chase briscoe like for the rest of the year like as we get into some of these other um tracks that he had been good at last year like you said his true performance last year on these tracks were legitimate if he sucks then to me alarm bells go off like something's going on with this team so um even if you don't bet it it's still worth following his day because you know you can gain something from it um as we get to some of these other tracks but Phoenix, you know, kind of shifting gears to talk about Phoenix as a whole, you know, is the the one question that comes to mind. Do you look at the fact that the championship race has been there the last few years any differently? Like, do you exclude those races or is it just like, no, they're included and and we're not going to treat them any differently? Because I feel like last year, even when even when I think uh people might let others get out front and lead. Um, like I think two years ago comes to mind when, you know, Blaney and Harvick clearly had the best two cars and it was like, they were told just guys, please slow down and let the leaders get, let the championship guys go by you. Um, it's like, if you were to rate that race in any way, their green flag speed is going to be good. Their average running position is going to be good. Um, it doesn't really deter it in any way. Um, they still showed out. They were fast. They led laps. Um, so, no, I don't necessarily throw it out. I like to see that they can run here. Um, for a lot of these guys, too, you know, it is the last race of the year. They're trying to show out and, you know, get a top 10 or something like that. It's I know some of the vets might mail it in, um, but a lot of the, but that's because those guys aren't going to be relevant anyway. So I don't really care about their numbers uh, when we're looking forward. So if that makes sense. Makes sense. So, yeah, just include it and, and forget about it. I, I, I did speak about – Briscoe, too. I just want to say I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just I misspoke yeah. uh, about his TPR on the short flat tracks. He had six inside the top twenty, which isn't horrible. But one thing I noticed, and because a lot of these had a lot of tire wear, he had the 
let's see here. He was top 10 in average finish. So he was eighth in average finish on that track type. So he is always up there, but he's not necessarily dominant on this track type. But um, I think, I think again, it's just his forte. If you look at his true performance on short flats compared to intermediates, it's, it's quite the difference. So again, that goes back to our Stuart Haas thing. I think Stuart Haas is set up well here. Well, I, I don't want to – your site, I have your site up right now. Briscoe, you, you were, from what I can tell, correct when you said six out of the seven races. Yeah, it's it's missing a it's missing a column there. I just realized that. So I oh, got gotcha, you, gotcha. Yeah, so I have to update that. So I went to this um, – I can't share my screen on here, can I? Um, it's, I one, it's one over. So that should be a T20. He was six inside there. Top ten true performance, he was two. So I'm going to edit that right when we get off of here. No, okay. I'm with good you. Thing, I'm good with thing you. we're looking at it. The numbers are still <laughs> correct. His average finish, his average TPR, all that's the same. I just am uh, missing the, the column's just not the there, column. but it's it's still populating the the rest of the numbers. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess drivers to watch. We we touched on a couple guys, and and we'll kind of lead into. Actually, no. Before I we do that, one last question about Phoenix in general. Is there any metric? and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, anything that you look at specifically, like when we go to Phoenix, you could take this any different direction you want. Anything that you're looking at to say like, yes, this is a stat that matters to me when we go to this type of track or Phoenix specifically that helps you kind of move your or build your card out, you know, as a foundation. The answer could be no. It's not like a super homer, but it's going to be the true performance ranks. So (laughs) I've used these for years and I just – I really believe in them and trust in them and have been successful for years using them. So they've only gotten more perfected. I even, I even, I barely tweaked it this year, but I did tweak it a little bit for 2023 and I'm even happier with the results. So yeah, it's, I'll look at these 2022 true performance ranks and that really guide me in the right direction. All right. Sounds good. Another good reason to sign up for a win the race dot info. Anybody listening? Um, so let's talk picks. I want to let, let's start with a guy that I keep, you know, he keeps popping up in conversation, Eric Almarola. Um, he is someone that showed up on my notes as I started, you know, sifting through the data and said to myself, I got to figure out a way to throw something on Almarola. Um, the bets that I had found so far, uh, now I have not thrown anything on him, but. You know, a top 10 at Caesars, he's plus 160. Now, Barstool is out now. I didn't see what he is on Barstool, but typically they're better odds. Uh, on Caesars to win the group against Priest, Kozlowski, and Suarez, he's plus 260. And then head-to-head versus Ryan Priest, he's plus 100 uh, on Betfred. So I, I find myself drawn to Almarola. I really like that head-to-head matchup. I know Priest, you had mentioned he's good at the Clash this year. Uh, but I haven't seen much from him since then. Uh, and, you know, if, if Stuart Haas Racing as a whole is on it, then they're both going to benefit from that. And Amarola just has the history here. So uh, what is something, you know, you had mentioned you wanted to be mad at him from the, from the accident at the end of the last race. Where does he have you looking right now? Uh, I put a little uh, 0.2 unit sprinkle on a 65 to 1 to win the race. Wow. So. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. It's more like, I don't want to, this is kind of, when I think of El Marola, I think a short flat track is kind of his, his jam. Like, uh, he's more competitive in these races than he is other places in my eyes. And 
uh, over the last, you know, 10 races here for him, you know, half of them have been uh, top 10 finishes. So he's around there. So I think my thinking is like, all right, well, you know, what if it's a little crazier in this package than, than we think, and he's running top 10 uh, and some shit goes down and maybe you get a late restart and he's up near the top uh, and can just hold guys off in an overtime situation or something like that. Um, he's had one good pit stop week and one bad pit stop week. Uh, you know, uh, maybe he gets lucky at the end. I thought 65 to one for someone in my pre practice and qualifying ranks, I have ranked 12th. Uh, I just thought that was far too long, um, at 65 to one. And especially with how I think Stuart Haas racing can come in here. Um, and we saw, again, this is nothing like the clash. Uh, but when you had to set a car up, and again, it's a new setup, so it's a little different, but for a short track, I mean, they came in super fast. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought 65 to 1 was too far. I agree. I mean, that's that's a, a number that, especially when you talk about your pre-ranks, uh, that doesn't compute. Like, that's there's there's a big gap there. There's a delta there, and... Yeah, it's got shades of uh, New Hampshire a couple of years ago all over it, right? I, I think he was at a similar number when he hit on that win. So yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's not something that he hasn't done before. It's not obviously it's not expected, but that's why it's sixty five to one. So um, you know, and if you don't mind, I can just I can just say my other one right now because it's he's right next yeah. to him in my ranks too. And you mentioned him in the head to head, so it's worth talking about. But it's Ryan Priest, so. Okay. I missed out on pre 60 to one because I was waiting for more books to come out with numbers. He's down to 50 everywhere. So I took him at 50 everywhere I can in New York, at least, which is typically DraftKings, FanDuel, points, bet, MGM, Caesars, uh, okay. and bet rivers. So there's like six main books point. I can look at probably more, but I just, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not going overseas. So yeah, um, I took him 50 to one. I don't know. And this is more like, to me, this is his forte. And even when he was with JTG um, in just a much – I know he hasn't been fast on these intermediate tracks, but we saw the speed. He's blowing by guys no one ever thought he could at the Clash. Like this is – this Stuart Haas car can be set up to win. He blew by everybody and was leading every lap in that race until he had a malfunction in the car. So even with JTG, I mean, he's – he has top 20 finishes here in that car at Phoenix. So I just think it's somewhere he can race well at given the proper equipment. Um, and I think it's somewhere, this is another thing I took in consideration with him. Like Custer could qualify really fast in this car some places last year. And if Priest can whip it a little better, I, I think he could qualify well here too. So I just like the track position. I like, I like Stuart Haas here. So instead of taking Harvick and Briscoe, who I also like here, I'll go with their, their teammates, and maybe it's a little crazier of a race. We don't know, but I'm in for a total of 0.45 units on it to return a minimum of 10, or I think 11, the way I have it set up. 11, I think it's 11 units. Um, so why not? You know, why not? And see what happens uh, for less than half a unit on two flyers. I would have kicked myself so hard if I didn't do this, so I wanted to get them, get them in there. I love it. Um, it's like an insurance play, and I, I you've you've convinced me of doing a, a similar situation, um, and also inadvertently kind of talked me off the Almarola over Priest head to head. Like I was getting ready to just smash that, 
Yeah. Uh, but you, you, you built up a, a decent case for priests here that maybe I'll, I'll hold off on that. So uh, appreciate you if, uh, especially if priest goes out and he, he performs well, because I wasn't really giving priests the, the time of day was kind of dismissing the clash a little bit, but you make a good case for him. Um, yeah. So. And, I, and again, like, I don't want people to listen to this and be like, Oh, this guy's crazy. He's like, think it's going to be like the clash. Like, that's not, that's not what I think. I just think like when a race car driver um, can set up his car for something that's more of his down, like right up his alley uh, and give notes to the team and they all work together. Like obviously Stuart Haas knows something here. And even if it's on a new race car I'm sure they're smart enough to figure out how to make it similar enough to what they had to be fast here. So could be dead wrong, like I said, but for that little investment for such a big return, let's do it. I like it. Um, another big bet that I think uh, the sports books have actually paid attention to this year. It's the streak. Kevin Harvick. Uh, he is like uh, further down the odds list to win the race. Another Stuart Haas guy. This is like the Stuart Haas podcast this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we have to talk about him because last year he had this streak going on and you know, his top 10 number reflected kind of where he was to win the race. But this year they're paying attention because he's like right almost at the top of the top 10 board, uh, yeah. even though he's yeah. further down to win the race. So, so they're well, they, got mur- they got murdered last year. Caesars got yeah. absolutely torched on this last year. hundred uh, percent. So here's the question. I, whatever number you can get him at, I think Barstool's like minus 182, Caesars was like 200, whatever. Whatever book it is, it's going to be a, you know, not good to the gambler. Do you still go all in? Like, are you just like, this is like the sun rising in the east and setting in the west? Or uh, at that number, are you like, well, I'm, I'm holding off a little bit? Well, what are they? So I think he's minus 200 right now on Caesars for a top 10. So, I mean, that's pretty tough. That's almost 70% of the time you'd expect a top 10. I mean, he does it, but now you have like this added question of, well, what if this package is way different and they just swing and miss? I don't know. I probably just wouldn't take it. I I think it's, you got to view this week, like we'll we'll obviously see practice. So, you know, hey, maybe Harvick's the guy with the uh, fastest 10 lap and we just bet him to win anyway. So, um, I don't know. I, I I don't think I'd take the minus 200 for a top 10, even though, some top 10 numbers now like have been minus 700, minus 600, some of these places. So yeah, yeah. minus 200 is not the worst, but I still <laughs> just, I don't think you need to do it. Okay. Yeah. I, I was a little disappointed that they were actually on their game. That's for yeah. sure. Um, but, you know, glass half full. They're paying attention. So maybe we'll see some, some new stuff down there. I, I might be able to talk myself into it. We'll see. We'll see how the week goes. I mean, it's, Compared to what they have been, um, and like last year, you know, it was minus one ten or minus one twenty. That's not far off, and and we were smashing that number. So we'll see. I could I could let me have a little bit more of this whiskey. We could convince me. (laughs) That's right. I mean, what I can see myself doing is taking it and parlaying it with something else in sports, whether it's a you know Xfinity bet or something else like Sixers Saturday night whatever um because if you consider it a lock just trying to do something to get the odds more in your mm-hmm. favor that i could see myself now doing that so i like i like that thought that's that is great yeah 
It worked for me last week, and I don't know if you pay attention to F1 at all, but I, I parlayed Verstappen win with like a bunch of stuff, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, uh, yeah. See, the... I like that because he's always like minus one seventy five or whatever to win. So yeah. So let's talk about another team. Just anybody else other than Stuart Haas. Yeah, um, sorry about that. No, that's my. I I, <laughs> I was leading you in that direction. Um, here's somebody that you know you tell me about Austin Dillon because I feel like at other short flats he's usually a pretty good play but in the past Phoenix has just not been good to him Uh, but then you look at last year's spring race he was like up there and then kind of something happened on like the very last lap he was he was cruising for a top 10 and then something happened to him if I remember correctly Um, Austin Dillon like do you Look at how he is. I think like Richmond, he's typically pretty good, which is a, a comp track. Um, or do you just like stay away from somebody like this? And, and I'm talking more, you know, I don't, I'm not at, as versed in DFS stuff, but like I would imagine that he's like further down the list as far as like price wise. So like, is he somebody that you say, well, you know, some of these other tracks he's, he's okay at, maybe I'll, I'll add him to my lineup. Or is he just like a, you know, to me, black he's- cloud. Yeah, to me, he's like a super speedway bet only. Um, unless he was at like a super ridiculous number here. If he's like 100 to 1 or something like that, I might look at it. But at that point, you're probably just looking for top 10 numbers on him if he's that long anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just can't see him leading the field ever. Like, I couldn't see it about Priest until he did it. And I know, again, that's at the clash, but still, like, at least, at least I got to see it know that he could pass everybody and lead everyone. Um, yeah. Austin Dillon, I just can't see doing that. Like every time he gets out front anywhere, it's, it tends to be pretty lucky. Um, even when he's fast, you know, he, he can't catch the leader. Um, yeah. It's just not someone I'm, I'm too into here, especially with how absolutely lost that team was last week. And again, it's a completely new package here, but very, very disappointing way to show up to the track after having two great cars the week before. So I don't know what's going on with them. So we don't have to call this an official pick of yours, but I, I asked you about Dylan so that I could hit you with a top 10 or excuse me, a, a head-to-head matchup. He's going up against the other Austin, Austin Sindrick on Caesars. And to me, that got my attention because I was like, well, Sindrick, kind of the opposite of what you just said last week. Like he, kind of came out of nowhere, had a a decent finish. Um, And, you know, his team is historically good here. Uh, So head-to-head versus Dylan, for that reason, I don't know, worth a a sprinkle or or a look. What's the number on that there? They were even odds, minus 115, I believe, earlier when I wrote this down. I'm probably going to – I feel like Cindric too, is someone who – always finds a way to disappoint me so maybe that's a personal <laughs> thing but so we're avoiding I mean, austin's i think austin Cindric in his cup career much better qualifier than racer so interesting. Uh, i mean like look at his qualifying last year compared to his results they're just shit so like i just think he's you throw him on there and just say hey run your line and we'll give you a fast penske car okay no one else is out there you can run a fast lap but throw him in a race and he's just not succeeding. So I don't, I think he's had, I mean, I don't know. This is another topic, but 
So he had a pretty disappointing start to his cup career being in a Penske car. I mean, I I think so. He isn't he won he started out winning Daytona. That's that's freaking awesome. But then since then, I mean, I think he's been a pretty big disappointment. Yeah, I would say that he he has the fact that the schedule is now so heavy on road courses. I, I feel like when we go to road courses, he's always in play. Like he he did really well on road courses last year, which was expected. So like he's there and could always jump up and like he could win two races just because of the fact that road courses are on the, the schedule yeah. like six times. Well, yeah, and he's good um, at super speedways too. Now we have what I guess technically six, six if we yeah if we consider Atlanta. That's the debate for next week. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So like, but as far as being a disappointment. It's tough because apples to apples against, you know, Brad's last year in that car, Brad sucked. So, like, I don't know if that team just kind of, like, took a, you know, nosedive or what. Um, The two car kind of turned into the third car when it was the the primary car. So, um, it's a good question. I'll be – that's another one. Yeah, it's like like a whole other topic. You know, you could debate both sides, I'm sure. But I just thought, you know – but like you said, a lot of teams have that extra car. Like, uh, you know, you see it with Stuart Haas on these intermediate tracks. You know, they have two fast ones and two slow ones or something like that. So it's like Penske's got two fast ones, one dud. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be he, – he's another guy. Like last year I, I was really wet watching Kozlowski versus Sendrick just to see like – not that it was, you know, a direct comparison, but to see, you know, the success of each. And, and they really kind of both – let me down um, aside from the 500 win. Yeah. Um, so I want to look at, I want to try to find some value here for people out there uh, early in the week and looking at your pre-ranks. Um, I want to get your opinion, you know, do, is this how I use the site? Uh, so we have a matchup that is even odds uh, Bowman versus Briscoe on Caesars and your site has Briscoe ranked quite high, eighth, um, and Bowman further down, fifteenth, which yep. I was a little surprised to see. So, is that an opportunity for us to, to hit the smash button? Yeah, I think uh, I definitely like Briscoe more than than Bowman here. Um, stands true too if you look at just you know even the true performance ranks from last year, uh, Briscoe. Uh, much better average finish, uh, 10.43 compared to Bowman's over 20. Uh, and then just the actual true performance too, Briscoe at a 12.14 average true performance and Bowman at a 17.33. So um, it it just thinks this, this happens to be the one chart that I have missing the T10 and T20s in the right spot. But uh, that is just looking at these numbers that are correct, the average TPR and the average finish, I would take Briscoe over Bowman all day. And again, like, not really concerned about the package here. Uh, I would expect Briscoe to show up correct. I mean, and that's a matchup where even if the package does impact them, we, we kind of identified like he's somebody that may like this. So, um, yeah. Yeah, looking Some at – other... um, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just saying like yeah. last year's qualifying too, uh, Briscoe qualified sixth and third at Phoenix. So he – and that's something else to, to watch for because – if he's off there, like he's clearly proven he has the ability. If he's got a fast car, he's going to be in the top 10 uh, qualifying. If he's way off there, then maybe that's giving you pause to, to really go all in 
on yeah like day. that's when you can say wow this this must be different than last year so exactly yeah. he was very consistent at these this track type and qualifying like i said so look at overall qualifying on the short flats briscoe's what seventh so yeah he's up there he made the final round in four out of the seven races you know with two being phoenix so i like it um i have a a bet here that i liked it was i don't remember the group letter but it's on caesars i was interested in ty gibbs Plus 275. He's got to beat three guys. Josh Berry. Yeah. Who, you know, I'm kind of like eh, on him right now. Austin Dillon, who we touched on. And then Eric Jones, who in your uh, pre-qualifying ranks is actually below Ty uh, right now anyway. Uh, so we touched on Austin, kind of not really trusting him. He's much further up in those rankings, but we're, we're getting a decent value there at plus 275 for Ty. Is that something you would entertain? Oh, probably not. Um, Austin Dillon would be the one I'd worry about there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, the favorite if I pull up Caesars. And Ty just, I mean, super underperforming. And and so far this year, I mean, that car has been surprisingly slow. That's the that's the part I don't get. Like you switch from the 18 to the 54. I thought grand granddad would have hooked you up a little bit better <laughs> than he's doing. It's just yeah. like it's just a slow car. I think earlier too, like you saw, like uh Nick Giffen's a good, you know, Twitter friend of mine. Um, and he posts his flag rankings, which is like he takes out all the incident, it's like incident adjusted speed for the most part. Um, but he posted the full list earlier, just trying to look to see where he did it. But I, I could not even believe where he was in this car. Just give me one sec. I'm going to pull it up right now. And while you're so, pulling that up, I can tell you he's like just in this group. The reason that caught my attention here for Ty was the fact that he was clearly the underdog in this matchup. But on some of these, you know, stats, he he kind of goes toe to toe. But Dylan is obviously the the favorite in this matchup at plus two hundred. Yeah, so it was Dylan Jones, and then who was the fourth in that? Josh Barry, who's like, you know, what are we going to say about him? Yeah, so I won't even count that. But just off like raw speed this year, uh, Gibbs has been slower than Dylan and Jones, which is crazy in a JGR car. Is is crazy, absolutely crazy. Wow. All right, so maybe some pause there as well um yeah i mean that's that's how shocking. say that's a good one that'd be one where i'd be looking like for austin dylan um just because i don't i don't hate him here like we were saying like maybe you'd look for a top 10 number if his number was very long but in that group i, I kind of don't mind austin dylan right there yeah i mean just off of the you know he's 14th in the ranks here and and ty is the next best at 22 and then you got jones behind him and then barry you know further down like so if if we do trust austin a little bit you know maybe this would be the group at plus 200 um which when i when i first brought it up i i wrote down 275 for gibbs i thought that dylan was like plus 150 in that group but uh plus 200 a little bit better than that so yeah plus 200 i think i think i like dylan's upside more like if Dylan's flirting with a top 10, I'm not as surprised then if Ty Gibbs is up there flirting with a top 10. Yeah, makes sense. Last question about a driver. Um, 
and it's Austin's teammate, Kyle, Kyle Bush. Uh, he has laid down just a ton of great data, great finishes over his career at Phoenix. If you're looking at like the last 10, you're looking at the last six races last year on the short tracks, whatever the, the numbers, um, Kyle in Toyota last year and years past has been solid, like somebody that you kind of want to keep your eye on as the bets are going to unfold this weekend. Um, now off to a phenomenal start this season at Phoenix last year, Ford kind of dominated that. So if there's anybody that can do it, you know, from Chevy, like, do you think that Kyle on this track now for the first time, not in a Toyota is going to lose a step in any way, or is he going to keep this momentum going from this 2023 season? No, I think um, I like Kyle Busch this week. He's one, like when I said the Kyle's earlier, like whether if this car is harder to drive, I, I trust these guys who can go, they've raced almost anything imaginable. Um, you know, they're, they're just drivers. Like they're the wheel men that I want to look for. So both Kyle's are good with me. Kyle Busch, especially they come with a fast car. I, again, you know, I hate to keep mentioning the clash, but it's like the only thing short that they've raced so far, but they came with blazing speed to that track as well. Um, perhaps last week was just an off week and to show his skill, look at both RCR cars last week, two flaming piles of shit. And he was able to flirt with a top 10 throughout the day where Austin Dillon was two laps down before the race even started. So um, just a big, big skill gap there. So if they give him a fast car on this track, I'm confident that he'll be able to figure it out uh, and be running up top. So I like Kyle Busch a lot. Yeah, he's somebody. um, So the part of this podcast uh, before bringing you on, I called out just a few guys uh, that I liked to potentially win, not really considering the odds. He's a favorite plus 800. Um, Not sure where he'll fall on race day or whatever, but he, you know, for those reasons and more, Kyle stood out to me um so i'm glad to hear you say that yeah um all right did you have any other like drivers that were worth calling out before i bring up a a new topic for you or a new stat um no that's good one thing that did surprise me is uh i did kind of pump in um barely like barely barely the clash into these ranks um and it was like just enough to get martin truex up to the top um, which I see there too. I got auto club pre pre queue on here. I was like, my head was in the clouds today with this wake we had to go to and everything. So I gotta, I gotta do some buttoning up on the site here when we, when we hang up from this, but, uh, I, Martin Truex Jr. Got brought up to the top here. He's someone that, you know, I like him at Phoenix anyways, and mm-hmm. I feel like they could, they could come out here with a fast car, fast Toyota. And, uh, I think him and Hamlin could surprise some people. So I guess that's the only other thing I'll say. Yeah, I'm anxious to see how Toyota does this weekend. Like, I've been listening to Denny Hamlin's podcast every week. I find the fact that he records, like, right after the race super interesting because you get that, like, raw take on things. And he's been straight up saying, like, we're behind. Like, we need to, you know, step it up. So, um, now going to a different style track, uh, I'm anxious to see how Toyota, you know, brings it. It's so Um, weird, too, because, like, why why could they come to the clash? It's not like teams are trying to lose this race, like, why would you come to the clash and they had the two fastest cars in the race? It's like him and Hamlin and Truex. It's like, so like <laughs> what, what the hell happened? Like, where? <laughs> I don't get I it. It's, it's, 
definitely though worth taking pause over the fact that Truex tops the rankings here for you. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to pull Caesars back up where they have him at um, as far as winning the race, but it's not in the top 10. Uh, so he's 10 to one right now to win the race on Caesars. Yeah. I don't know compared to other books, if that's good or bad, just giving you the barometer here, 10 to one. And he's, there's a lot of other drivers ahead of him. So maybe that's a, I was hoping if, if somehow he got to like 15 to 18, I was probably mm-hmm. going to hit it, but mm-hmm. I don't think I can take 10 because my thing about taking like 10 or lower is that even with practice and qualifying, what's he going to go down to eight, you know, like even if he was fast, he's still not going to be ahead. If some, some of these bigger names are fast, he's not going to be ahead of them. So like, I think maybe you get him at eight or nine anyways. So I'd probably just, I'm probably just going to wait on it and we'll see. And not, you know, we'll keep this in the back of our mind. And then our other nugget about 10 lap practice and about that guy. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. I told you I'm pumped to hear this new stat you got. (laughs) So, and I, I told Ryan before we started recording, I said, if this is dumb, just laugh me off the podcast here. Uh, But I brought this up on the pod last year. And, you know, didn't really get any response like one way or the other. No one really saying like that's dumb or that's bad, but or that's good. Um, And this could be something that you are already doing in in part of like true performance ranks or whatever. But uh, I think I have something to give you a visual on. But the the what I was trying to solve for was like the the stats that I usually like every week I, I pull up average driver rating driver rating on certain tracks and an average finish and like those two stats right so average finish tells a story and driver rating tells another part of the story like driver rating i always equate it to like a, a qbr um you know the quarterback could go out and have a, a monster day statistically but they don't get the win um right. and you know so I, i'm trying to account for those two things like trying to blend the story together so i have this thing that i i created called draft it's my draft stat uh so it's driver at driver rating minus average finish um and trying to show if i can pull this up for anyone watching on youtube and for ryan to see uh so this is an example so atlanta last year was an example where i i didn't know i couldn't make heads and tails of things so I was pulling up uh, stats for Atlanta. This was like the first race for Atlanta. I was pulling up Atlanta stats as well as a couple of the more recent races for uh, Talladega and Daytona. And I averaged out for however many races I was doing, I averaged out their average finish and then I averaged out their driver ratings and then I had their driver rating. And then the the goal was obviously to have the, the highest uh, number. So you start with the driver rating, you subtract average finish and you get your draft. So it's taking, you know, the whole picture or, you know, what I would consider the, the whole picture into play. So yeah. if they lucked their way into a, a good finish a bunch of times uh, and they had, you know, really a shitty race, the driver mm-hmm. rating kind of offsets that and, and vice versa. Um, they have a, a good Ryan Blaney is a, a good example. And he's the top of the, the board here of someone who, typically has had a, a good amount of races, but hasn't maybe gotten the finishes. So uh, what are your thoughts on my draft stat? Is this worth my time as we, I use this a few times on road courses as well. 
uh, kind of. What track am I looking at here? This is Atlanta. So this is to prep for Atlanta last year. We didn't see Atlanta yet. And I was pulling up like the last two or three Atlanta races, like, you know, so their, their average driver rating and average finish. And then the last two or three from Daytona and Talladega and putting them all together um, in a, in a stat. So that's, that's what this was. So I like it. Say you did it. Say you did it like for Phoenix this week. Okay. So the only thing you'd have to do, well, one of the things you'd have to do, you'd have to take out incidents. So you can't just take the, like, if you go to like driver averages, you can't just take that because, like, say Larson had, uh, say you're like a four, a four race sample size with Hendricks and one wrecked, which I think might even be true. You can't take that. I would not take the wreck. I would take his four clean races or his three clean races out of the four and just use the three to give you more of a gotcha. true idea. I would take everyone's there, the DNF out and then do it that way. And also with their current team. So like for Suarez, you got to take out all the Gaunt brother stuff. Um, just use his track house. Even if it's only a small sample size, it's still more relevant to how they're going to race compared to what their averages are pulling. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so like and- when I do my pre pre Q ranks, that's part of the process that I do. And I'm doing like track form, which goes into it is I'll take out incidents um, I'll use only teams that they're current with. And some of them you have to fudge because they haven't been with the team. So you have to kind of come up with your own ranking. Um, like if you're doing it for Gragson or guys like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're, you're onto something. The, the average finish gets a little, can get a little squirrely, but I don't mind. Actually, the only time I do pre-Q ranks and use average finish is when I do super speedways. So it's funny that you have Atlanta up now because I use oh, Atlanta, yeah. Dega, and Daytona. Um, so for this particular model, I like it and I actually like it. I wouldn't do what I'm saying with the incidents for super speedways. So for this, for Atlanta, I like it if you did it this year, but I would take out the old Atlantas and just use super speedways and the new Atlanta. Just what we saw last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, you're onto something. This is like. It's like the beginning well, of your own true performance ranks. I, <laughs> and if you like it, you can have it. Um, <laughs> the That actually fits the brand of the stat, because if I just use it for super speedways, I can call it the draft stat. Draft, yeah, there you go. Draft. Um, so, yeah, cool. Yeah, for um, super speedways, I really love it. I Average finish gets a little squirrely with me uh, on some other tracks, but it would probably be better. This would be harder to do and a lot more work, but you know, your average finish would also change if you took out those incidents and stuff like that too. So then it would become more accurate um, of their clean races. So that would be my only objection here is that there might be a lot of dirty races in there or races with shitty teams that they're no longer with. Yeah. That one, that, that one is a big one. You kind of have to, that, that sort of requires you to have a little bit of uh summer reading done you know as you're, as you're it's gonna this. take it'll take a while yeah <laughs> yeah 
So, all right, cool. Well, you didn't like shoot it, it down no, completely. So, I always love seeing new things like this. It's just innovative and trying to find a new way to rank it out. I, I love that stuff, man. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm pumped. I didn't get laughed off the pod. So, that's uh, no, I love it. I'd, I'd stick with it. And it's really just going to depend on how much time you have in your life for how deep you want to go on that thing. <laughs> you could really, you could really go all in. Yeah, you know, for exactly. Anything, which is why I respect people like yourself and, and everybody else out there that, you know, does put the time in to allow people like me and everybody else in, you know, the NASCAR gambling community to, to take advantage of the, the work that you're putting in. So um, definitely appreciate it. So anything else to, to add, I've, I've taken up your time for over an hour here. I, I just blinked and it's an hour. Um, so I, no, that's fine, man. I'm a long podcaster. I I extend all these shows, so I'm I'm sorry to make your show long. I uh, no, no, this is great. I just, I just enjoy talking racing, and I, I just you know it's it's hard to say anything more about Phoenix, like you said, until we see practice. I would tell everyone, you know, if you can't watch practice, I would try to tape it. It's it's important to tune in and hear what the drivers are saying and the teams are saying, and uh, to just watch the run, see if the cars look like they're driving any different, and how they react to it, and. Uh, you know, on, on win the race too, um, in discord and I, I can start pumping it on the site as well, but posting the practice time so everyone can see it, uh, is very important. So, um, just pay attention to practice qualifying. One thing I do in my DraftKings projections every week is I do a, a weekend speed rating, um, which kind of a take, takes all that into account practice and qualifying. Uh, so it's, it's nice to see who I expect to be fast. So, um, Love that. yeah. Byron and Larson were, I mean, obvious choices last week, but yeah, exciting. Well, yeah, man, um, it's going to be an awesome week, though. I know it'll be. It should be a fun race. Yeah, I think that's. I love the fact that we have this like cloud of the new rules package because like it's it's got this like mystery about it, and it's going to yeah. make it really fun to watch. So, um, for for. You know, gamblers, it's going to be a full weekend with practice qualifying in the race to to really follow with a uh, magnifying glass. So yeah, definitely excited. Uh, well, Ryan, I really appreciate you coming on. Hope to have you again as the season unfolds. Um, so I'll, I'll be in your ear about that um, later down the road. Good luck with the win the race dot info site. Uh, Thank and you. good luck in the, the one and done competition we're in together and and your bets this weekend. Um, yeah. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate you having me on and plugging the site and, and yeah, though I love the one and done. What a cool, what a cool thing to, to come up with a strategy for. So yeah, it'll be fun all year. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you down the road. All right. Thanks man. Appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to our guest, Ryan Stevens. What a guy. Go support his website, wintherace.info. And let's win some money all together. Let's go do it. Now, cash your tickets this weekend at Phoenix. And we are looking forward to Atlanta, the new look Atlanta, next week for another edition of the Mile and a Half Super Speedway Racing. Remember, drive fast. Take chances, and we'll see you next time. no place to go. no place to go. Darling, no place to go. no place to go.